We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Light Years. Sam Spandiari here. Kyle Madsen sitting across from me. I like your shirt, buddy. Thanks, man. I hope John Fisher sells me as. <laughs> Just kind of wake up and say that every day. Yeah, you know. Last uh, day of the legislative session in Nevada on Monday when we're recording this. So, you know, fingers the, crossed that. The interesting thing I for me, it was, this is actually uninteresting. This is just a purely me thing. It's like I'm following all this stuff, and I'm like, I know nothing about Nevada politics, nor. And then you know, my my brain then goes to why on earth would I know anything about Nevada <laughs> politics? But you know, I would I would be I weirded like, out if you did know about Nevada politics. I'm just, I'm just coming in here with with takes about the zoning laws <laughs> in Vegas, like bro, this congressman just upzoning everyone north of whatever boulevard. You know, yeah. I will say I will say. <laughs> Trying to prop up Las Vegas by talking about how much Oakland sucks. Like, okay, <laughs> that doesn't really crack. Speaking of Las Vegas, let's talk about the teenager we're going to call the future at summer. Oh, <laughs> Jonathan Kaminga. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, we might as well talk about that. So Steve Kerr. <laughs> Went on Draymond Green's pot. Hey, do you not feel like the NBA Finals take way too many days between games? I didn't. I didn't feel that whenever the Warriors were in it, because I was just <laughs> the stress level is so high between games, and you're thinking about matchups and you're breaking everything down yeah. and what if this and that. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh god, there's a game. Oh my god. Whereas now, dude, come on, one after the other, let's go play back to backs. Yeah. Back to backs, Jokic, Jokic has the legs. It's fine. <laughs> the Miami guys, you know, they they grind. Jimmy Butler's posting on Instagram how hard he grinds at four in the morning or whatever. So, yeah, no, it's so weird when your team's not in it. You're like, dude, this is taking forever. It's like a, it's like Super Bowl week when your team's not in it. Where you're like, I don't need to see the guy from the today Tonight Show doing the thing a million times. You know, it's brutal. I mean, it is. Yeah. Um. So. Thankfully, Draymond Green, who knows we have a thirsting appetite for content, is like, I got you guys. Um, had Steve content Kerr on his God. He had Steve Kerr on his podcast. 
this week uh, today, and I urge everyone listening to this to listen to it. Quite frankly, if you are a Light Years listener, you probably did listen to it. Let's not lie. Don't lie. But, you know, there was one thing here which I thought was interesting, so we'll just play it. The huge three in the, you know, in the fourth quarter tonight, and it's like, None of those guys on Miami are, are are sitting there saying, well, I didn't play or, man, they put in so-and-so. Like, they're just all about winning. And and you know this from from our our groups that we've had. When, when, you, when you have that championship mentality, every guy's bought in. Every guy's just trying to win. Nobody, nobody cares about any of that stuff. You don't go into the locker room, you know, saying well i should have played more you just you just want to win and that's the beauty of finding that magic when you have a championship team is that everybody's bought in and it makes the decisions for the coach um really simple you just go with go with your gut and go with whoever's playing well oh steve (laughs) i mean is he saying Give me Juan Toscano Anderson. Send Jonathan Kaminga to the G League. Is he? Is he? Did, okay, did here, that feel like a little look behind hang the on. curtain. I want to ask you this. Yeah, because let's rewind to the start of the playoffs. Okay. Steve Kerr has the benefit of hindsight. We don't, so he knows what's coming. Adam Silver says, "Hey, you can trade Jonathan Kaminga for Juan Toscano Anderson straight across right now." Does he do it? Yes, of course. I think so too. And he tells, and he tells Joe, "Not my problem. You can sell the Chase Center out in four years when I'm gone." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I don't know when he was. So obviously, they were they record that after game two. Miami had the big win. Mm-hmm. Um, that game, by the way, reminded me of the 2015 Warriors, where they're overwhelmingly talented but they lost to like teams who could just like get physical and kind of disrupt their rhythm. Like Miami felt so much like the 2015 Cavs or the Mm -hmm. um, Memphis Grizzlies where it's just like, Oh, they, they got under your skin a little bit. They got you out of your game. You shouldn't be bothered by them, but it happens. Yeah. Where Miami maybe wins game three and all of a sudden we're talking about, Oh, Miami, and then they get steamrolled through the last four. That would be the 2015 Warriors thing to do. Go down 2-1 and then win it 4-2 and win by an average of 20 points the rest of the way. Exactly. So so Kerr saying this is really interesting to me. Not not necessarily said that by itself because that's not that earth-shattering of a thing, but I think when you pair that with what he said after the second round loss of the Lakers where he said this was not a championship team. That's why like he said out loud on the Draymond podcast, what he meant by that quote. And that's very telling to me. And it's the biggest reason I think this off season, I don't think it's insane that they move on from Jordan Poole or Jonathan Kaminga like that Jonathan Kaminga report came out minutes after they lost that he was upset with his lack of role yeah so that's really clearly what they're prioritizing and what they believe they need to to get to a title and I just think anybody who's not bought in given where they are in this do you window think the, do you think the front office agrees with them because the thing 
I take away from all these statements and everything is Steve is he has his narrative. Mm-hmm. He knows how to communicate what he believes. We know he believes it. And you know what? Uh, he he has conviction behind it because it's worked many times. Mm-hmm. So you you can you can say like, oh, he's stubborn. He should play the young guys more. He should do X, Y, and Z. The way he likes to do things has a level of success that, you know, I too would not want to deviate from the things I knew, you know, coaches, yeah. coaches roll like that, you know, shout out Sam Darnold, the starting uh, quarterback for the Niners, right? Stop, please stop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, he, he wants that. And then obviously Draymond, oh, oh, you think Draymond's like, yep, I, it's time for me to take a veteran minimum and sit on the bench. So Kuminga can shine like Draymond no obviously wants the, the narrative to be that, you know, the young guys need to fall in line or they need to move on because what we do works. Right. And we haven't heard anything from anyone else around the team. And mostly because no one else has a podcast is in front of the camera 24 <laughs> seven, but, right. but like to the point, you know, Bob Myers left a week ago, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we had the press conference last Monday. Uh, they haven't named a replacement. Everyone thinks it's going to be Mike Dunleavy and it's going to be business as usual. And like, I, you can, you can chalk me up in that category too. I, I can't see them going externally and hiring someone. It's probably just no, going to be no like chance. the same brain trust. And then like, we'll see who internally voice is louder now that Bob's not there. Um, we haven't heard how they feel. And that's the real interesting part to it. Cause Steve's powerful, but he, he doesn't sign the checks. No doubt. But at the same time, what's your other option? If you sit down with the brain trust, so it's Lakeub and Kerr and Mike Dunleavy Jr. and Kirk Lakeub and whoever else, they're sitting down at a, at a big conference table at Chase Center. That's where I'm imagining this happening. And they say, okay, what went wrong this year? And Steve Kerr says what he said on Draymond's podcast. said, this was not a championship team because we did not have players all buying into their role, no matter how large or small. I think that carries a lot of weight. I don't think you're going to get Joe Lacob saying, well, Jonathan Kaminga just needs to play more then. If that's the case, then I don't think Steve would be around. Yeah, that, that, sounds, rather, that sounds like rather, a... That sounds like a recipe for like a huge blow up if that's if that's right. where we're headed with this, right? So yeah, and I can't imagine it going that direction. So no, because we haven't even we haven't factored in the Steph Curry factor. Like mm-hmm. you can have all these conversations. Who's going to tell Steph that we're trading all the your vets to play the young guys? You know? Yeah. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. They're clearly trying to thread a needle. Can we talk about it? Like, is it is it wrong to want what 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 Joe Lacob wants? No, it's the it's the goal every team strives for, right? Yeah, never suck. Just have a continual like. Right. As one star gets old, a new star emerges, and mm-hmm. you you dominate for eternity and everything like that. It's just. It, it turns out that's really hard to do. <laughs> that's why it doesn't sport, just happen you don't have minor leagues where you control guys for yeah. decades at a time like in baseball yeah and it's so. really hard to find impactful players if you're winning that consistently then yeah. like if david robinson doesn't get hurt the spurs don't get tim duncan and the spurs dynasty doesn't become what it was sure. the the warriors yeah, and, had and, their and if josh primo with, doesn't you know um commit a bunch of hr violations and you know they don't get one binyama so yeah great point was yeah that was not a good point anyway <laughs> <laughs> no I, I just i so but that's like they're trying to thread this needle like you said but it's it's basically impossible to do and it's become clear that this iteration of the warriors this this style this steve kerr steph dre claymon steph dre and Clay, claymon uh it's 2023 and i'm still doing that it d- doesn't work for Kaminga, like you're two years in and you can't get in the playoff rotation even a little bit. Like, all right, move on. Our guy Hayden dropped a question in the chat, and I just want to say this: feel free to throw comments in there. We'll pull them up if uh, if they make sense. Hayden goes: JK played 20 minutes per game in the regular season. Mm-hmm. He didn't play in the playoffs because he's a poor man's Vando, Jared Vanderbilt, at the moment. He should put in work in the lab this summer if he wants more minutes. A little harsh, but I kind of agree though. But he's not wrong on the overarching point, which is Kuminga played 20 minutes a game and he played closer to 25 after the All Star break. I thought he played mm-hmm. really well, honestly. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I'm high on his potential, but end of the day, I don't care that he shot 41 percent on three on one three a game. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> People aren't guarding him. He's not. He's not a shooter yet, right? Right. And he was kind of. I mean, you just. The playoffs expose what you can't do more than show what you can do. And like, he's still a work in progress. So he fell out of the rotation. Honestly, he fell out of the rotation for five games, you know, maybe seven games. Like if you think about it, it's not the largest sample. No doubt. But this is also two years in a row that he couldn't play in the playoffs for a team where like the playoffs are the thing. Sure. If you cannot participate in those 16 games at the end of the season, I don't care what you did the previous 82. Yeah. So yeah. that's 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 kind of my bigger issue. And maybe maybe I I I like Jonathan Kaminga. I think he's a good player. And I think if the Warriors trade him, he would go somewhere and be a really good player somewhere. But if keeping him around is going to make it harder for the current core to win a title yeah. i don't necessarily give a shit <laughs> to be frank quite frankly what do you say 
to someone such as me who would say, yeah, well, you know, maybe if your veterans didn't punch one of your younger guys in the face and your other veteran didn't come into shit into camp 10 pounds overweight and needed two months to get himself into shape. Mm -hmm. Like you're a young player on this team. Let's not act like the Warriors veteran core throughout a 96 Bulls effort to start the season, you know? No, they were also maybe, they were also bad the, down the stretch punch. in the playoffs. Yeah. So that's it, it's it's one of those things where I'm like, you know, there's a little do as I say, not as I do mm-hmm. among those guys, too. And mm-hmm. I think that's where the disconnect comes a little bit. So so look, I I understand. So the two timelines thing has been weird because there's people who say that was a media concocted thing, but it clearly wasn't. It was just yeah. an illustration of what the Warriors were trying they were, to do. They were they were thrilled to to take all the credit for it when they were winning. Yeah, so. and and so like it's a good idea. Like, there's nothing wrong with tr- trying to do what they did. It's the dream. It's the dream scenario. Right, and you whiff on the number two overall pick, and that kind of derails that whole thing. And then your number seven overall pick can't get on the court in the playoffs again. That derails the whole thing. But but at this point, where where I am. I, I, I'm not blaming younger players, but I do think that it's really clear, and we saw it this season, that Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, specifically those two, I don't want to include Moses Moody there, but it's pretty clear that those two very talented players don't fit with what the Warriors are doing. And you now have two timelines that are separate. They're disconnected. That was the word of the year, right? The disconnect. And that's why they were so bad on the road. And that's why they were so bad defensively. You know, can they ratchet it up for the playoffs? And they couldn't. So now to me, the two timelines thing is out the window. You have a choice now. And it's, you stick with your young guys and Steph, I guess, or you keep this core together, tear up everything else and say, okay, pushing all the chips in for the next two or three seasons. Yeah, and and part of me is looking at it, and I and I really do think Jordan Poole is probably the biggest one to figure out here. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a lot easier to have young guys come through if they don't outnumber the old dudes. And I mm. think this year that was the case. There's Jordan Poole, there's Kaminga, you know. Patrick Baldwin was probably a nightmare behind this. Um, like, you know, it's just like there was, there just weren't enough veterans, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's one of those things where I'm just sitting there, I'm going, I can see Jonathan Kaminga being a very effective player for this team. If he's the only young guy in the mix, but if your team is all young guys off the bench and Andre Godal in street clothes, come on, man. That's not, yeah. that's not a, that's not a con. It's like, uh, you know, I mean, you you obviously host the Candlestick Chronicles, and it's like asserting a rookie DB into a veteran core. You can probably get away with it. Throwing mm-hmm. three rookies, you're it's probably going to be fucking horrendous. You know, yeah. And that's kind of how it goes. Yeah, and and the only reason I don't want to I, I bring up Kaminga not because I think he's bad, but because if I'm trying to improve the Warriors, they're going to have to move him. 
that's why his name. I think he's very good, and I agree with you. If he's, you think he's their best trade chip, basically. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't, I don't know where Jordan Poole stands, kind of league wide right now. But yeah, I could see, I could absolutely see a scenario where the Warriors make some moves and Kaminga sticks around and he grows into a bigger role and and it's and everything's hunky dory. Honestly, the bigger deal just just to zoom into this year, Jamichael Green not being able to replicate Otto Porter was kind of a bummer. Well, I think they want. I mean, if if we're gonna if we're gonna get into that conversation, I think the hope was Kuminga would be able to replace that role. Not the same player, mm. but like sure, same. Otto played twenty minutes per game, high level, versatile player. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't draft a six seven six eight wing with with Kuminga's tools not to do that. You know, no doubt uh, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. It did for parts of the regular season, but you know, at the end of the season, he couldn't get on the floor. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, to your point, Jermichael's the same thing. I mean, they need, they need someone who can score the ball to plays in the front court period, whether it's right. shooting or whether it's like pressure on the rim, yeah. uh, because these, these Draymond Looney lineups, like we know where they go. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, it is what it is. I wanted to ask you, do you, do you think it's more about Kuminga or Jordan Poole when they're talking like that? Oh, I think Jamichael Green's involved there. He said as much. Okay. Like he openly said that he was unhappy with his role. And I think Kaminga too, where he there was that report after, like right after the the season ended, that he was unhappy with his role. And that's, you know, okay, I I, I kind of get it. You go from playing 25 minutes a game to to none. That <laughs> that that's that's gotta suck. So I get it. And then with Poole. That had to be like an all year thing, right? Yeah. Where I mean, he gets just, paid and then it's like, come off the bench. Okay. Now you're going to start. Okay. Now wait, come off the bench. Well, you're not playing great. You're going to play less off the bench. Okay. But now you're going to start again. That's just a really hard spot to be for, for any young player. And then he I goes like, struggle in the playoffs. Yeah. I feel like my overarching take, and I've probably said this before, it's, I don't know which of them needs to necessarily go. Um, pool's the most obvious one because the new CBA and the money committed to him and it's just mm-hmm. a cap issue. Mm-hmm. But putting that all aside, and we can talk about that another time. Um, they just need one of those guys to be replaced by a more steady veteran, honestly. Like at, at, at the highest level, I, I need like I need Kyle Anderson. I need Mike Conley. Oh, I, I don't need Kyle um so much. I you you know what I'm saying though like those I, are, I know what you're saying I, I those dudes are vets they don't have the upside of Poole or Kaminga in any capacity like don't no, that well and and what you're saying is why this conversation is so tough yeah nobody is saying that Jonathan Kaminga is bad at basketball nobody's sure. saying that Jordan Poole is bad at basketball there's like a personality off court intangible element to this that going back to the the start of this conversation with what Steve Kerr said, that has nothing to do with basketball. That's just buy-in. That's just mental and emotional buy-in to what the team is doing and mm-hmm. committing to winning no matter what your role is. And so if Jonathan Kaminga and Jordan Poole have an epiphany this summer and they call Draymond and say, or Steve Kerr, whoever, and say, hey, we're in no matter what, playing zero minutes or 40 minutes, we're in, we want to win, great. But what are the odds that happens? It's very low. And that's why this becomes a hard conversation because it's not dragging those guys as players. It's just how do they fit with the ethos of this team that's already won four titles together? 
No, I mean, it's, they got to make a decision. That's what, that's what we're coming back to. Time okay. to make a decision. They've kicked the can down the road. They got lucky 2022 with it not biting them. They, they felt it the following year. All things equal, I'll take those two outcomes. I'll take a title, mm-hmm. you know? So that's okay. Yeah, same. Uh, it's time to it's time to make some some stronger decisions and move forward. Let's get yeah. some voice. Let's get some voicemails. Hell yeah, I love that idea. What's up, dudes? Do you think that the youngins will feel more inspired by the Dream on Green podcast um, featuring Steve Kurt today, or do you think uh, it'll make them feel? Um, even worse about themselves and uh, incapable. Um, or do you think they just don't care? Over That's a under, fascinating question. Over under uh, Jordan Poole threw the pot on this morning while driving around his sports car. Uh, yes. Yes that he put it. No, I don't think he, I don't think Jordan Poole himself listened to it. No. I'm guessing he that that's a that's a definite no, but his friends listened and gave him the rundown. Come on, you and I both know what happened. He saw he, saw, the he saw he saw a clip on his fucking Instagram or Twitter feed. You know yeah, that too. That definitely he, happened. He NBA Central threw up a quote out of context, and he's like, "Jermon said, what about me?" Yeah, that's exactly what happened I, right there. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> and as far as that question, I think what. My guess is what Steve Kerr said on Draymond's podcast was not something that whoever it was about, I don't want to, I'm guessing, but whoever it was about hasn't already heard from him. I don't think Steve Kerr at the end of the year was like, you guys are so awesome. No, he's, he's, a, pretty, he's, he's a pretty transparent dude. Yeah. So wh- whoever that was about, they know. And they've been told. Yeah. Um, and, I think, and I think the front office this offseason is going to act accordingly. I think a lot of the Warriors' moves coming up will tell us a lot about who he was talking about. Yeah, I, I tend to. He's asking, "Do you think it's going to motivate them? Do you think it's going to annoy them, or do you think it won't matter?" I kind of think it won't matter. I don't think it matters. I, yeah, I, I I don't think there was anything revelatory there. I don't yeah. think like you know Jordan Poole's coming away from us like oh. I didn't know Steve wanted us to buy in. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, oh my God. I feel like an idiot. <laughs> that's what he meant the whole time. What? Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like it's not a, um, it's, it's going to be something on their feed for 12 hours and then it's over, you know? Uh, but I don't think it changes how anyone feels. So. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you. I don't think it matters that much. I like and if it the- does, then that's kind of the crux of the problem. Yeah, I really hope this isn't brand new info for anyone. Um, I like I this. The, I, I do, real quick, I do love the idea of that being a motivating factor, though. Yeah. Like, Jonathan Kaminga was like, I'm taking a day off. And then he saw that quote on NBA Central or whatever and was like, no, I'm back in the lab. He, put, he puts on the Rocky music. He's just, he's just <laughs> eating raw eggs, running the stairs. Yeah. All right, we got a new one. This is, uh, I like this one. I listened to this one before. It's good, fellas. It's Izzo. Uh, try to bear with me, man. I, I I I got a little bit to vent, but you know, I I kind of feel like we forget that uh, before Kerr, Draymond was a second rounder on the verge of Italy playing spot minutes at a uh, power forward, small forward. A boy Looney was an afterthought. Probably doesn't last in the league if Kerr doesn't beg and plead management to keep him. 
not for Kerr system philosophy. GP2 doesn't get that contract from the Blazers and probably any other NBA team for that matter. Javel McGee's done in the league. Poole probably hooping in Greece. Yet there's this narrative that uh that Kerr can and hasn't developed players and for the or for the players that have been developed or excelled under him, folks try to find ways to send credit elsewhere. So my, my question for y'all is is it possible that we that we take Kerr for granted? And I mean, listen, he annoys me at times, you know, but what coach doesn't? And so maybe or maybe it's even time for him to maybe we're just tired of him. It's not that he's a bad coach or I don't know. Anyway, the second thing is y'all think that one of uh uh that Gabe Vincent or Caleb Martin would excel on the Warriors? And if so, you know, how about maybe Gabe Vincent as a Dante replacement if uh if Dante opts out? For your college player, no Kerr loves those cats. Uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, appreciate y'all. Uh, peace. I guarantee you, Steve Kerr has texted. Oh no, I guess no point texting Bob anymore. Um, he, now Bob's probably... working until June thirty, bro. <laughs> he threw it in the he threw it in the basketball ops uh, Slack channel so everyone <laughs> could see. He's saying. You you give me Caleb Martin and Gabe Vincent for Jordan Poole and Jonathan Kuminga and the fifth banner goes up. I guarantee yeah. you he feels that way. And I, he might I could, not be wrong. <laughs> the Heat would say no to that so fast. I mean, it, it, first Jordan off, Poole, not a Heat culture guy. Jonathan Kuminga, maybe. Uh, Jordan dude, Poole, not. Can you imagine Jordan Poole and Tyler Hero together? Oh my God! The city of Miami would burn down. Eric Spolstra would. First off, Spo's over fifty and he has no grays. Um, Spo is he over would, fifty. He, he would. Um, he would turn gray, so he'd look like Pop by the end of the season with those two. <laughs> like you know, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, that, that dude. That dude looks. He, he's not aging, even though he sounds like he's. At the end of every game, it's like you know. You know how coaches sound at the end of the game. They, they sound like they Dude, got back from front snapping, lines. Him snapping at Ramona <laughs> last night was wild. I thought that was... Can, can I talk about that real quick? Yeah. The uh, un, really untrained, untrained eye is hilarious. It's a, first off, I don't think... Uh, and I don't think he, uh, he meant anything by it other than he didn't want to discuss the fact that they figured out a strategy to make the nuggets less effective. So he just, he does the, he pulled a Greg Popovich by just like, you know, just basically trying to bully Ramona. A little yeah. Bit. Just distracting from the question by yeah. talking about how awful the question was. Yeah, it's it was just, a perfectly see- valid question. And she even said it's an oversimplification. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very clear what she meant. And she's like, Oh, the, the untrained, eye, like, there's like, what are you talking about? Dude? Hey, the funniest shit. The funniest shit was the Heat players got asked about it, and they were like, "Yeah, that's what we were trying to do." <laughs> <laughs> so, like, we saw you yeah. at 41, and we were thrilled. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, you you know, it didn't happen. Jamal Murray and Michael Porter dropping 70 combined on us. We like that. We like. Turns that. out, yeah. Um, and that's why I was saying it reminds me so much of the Warriors because these teams just devise ridiculous coverages because they're afraid of like Steph and rhythm and the team. Yeah. And that's yeah. how, that, that's like how it feels with like the strategy around Jokic is like, look, man, someone's going to score, but I can't have him doing that thing where everyone's starting to make shots around him. Yeah. Yeah. So they got in, they got, well, I mean, even in game two, but, but certainly in game one, they got just so many open looks at the rim because of him. 
yeah. and just trying to make that go away. That's just the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, I want to get back to the voicemail because I thought it was a very insight. It, it was an interesting question because we love to blast Kerr for being mm-hmm. a bad development coach. And like, let's be honest, he's not, um, you know, he's, he's not like Mr. Like development front line, but like mm-hmm. he brings us some good points. He brings up some really good points, which is, you know, Looney. Is that not development? Draymond Green, is that not development? Mm-hmm. Um, keep going down the line, like uh, GP2, is that not development? Mm-hmm. And I think my overarching theme on on Steve is he's the coach for players once they get over themselves. He's oh, not, interesting. He's Did not he- the coach for teenagers. He's not the guy to coddle a young guy and groom him he's the coach to take the guy who's 24 been hit in the mouth and then like just trust me i got you andrew wiggins is a perfect example yeah. rookie year andrew wiggins landing with the warriors did not become the andrew wiggins that he is right now but andrew wiggins with what was he six seven years in the league yeah he when was, he uh, got to they, golden state he turned 25 he it might have been on his birthday but the point is they, they almost t- turned 25 yeah yeah and he had been through what you're talking about. He'd gotten punched in the mouth. He'd tried to be the number he one put guy up numbers and, on a 20 and 62 team, you know? Yeah. And Hey, here's this culture. Here's this team. This is your role. You're going to dominate at these three things. Mm-hmm. Now go do it. And he thrives at it. That's just a perfect example of what you're talking about. Just tangibly right now on the team. Yeah. And, and like I, the, the other way I look at it is like, I don't know if it's possible to do the, raw 19 year old development thing while also having guys like Steph Curry on your team. I think it's possible to do the 23 year old mm-hmm. who's ready to grind and do certain things on your team. And so that's kind of the, um, that's the thing I do. Th- I do think Izzo brought up a great point and I, I want to highlight it, which is like, not all development looks the same. Development isn't no just taking an 18 year old and like grooming him into becoming a star. There's, is GP2 not to how many coaches would have turned GP2 into a player? Not clearly, clearly not many because he bounced around the league over mm-hmm. and over again, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you see that how many it, you see it with so many of the veterans that they sign. It's just Kerr finds a role for them. They understand basketball, they understand what they have to do to succeed. And that's that's why the raw 19-year-old thing I think doesn't work. Because that player has been the best player on the court at every level they've played for so long. Mm -hmm. And now you come to this team where, hey, not only are you not going to be the best player, you might be the worst player. And you're obviously super talented, but do this one thing really well for eight minutes a night at first. And it's that's a really difficult adjustment to make. Like, I don't put that on... Pick a a young player. I don't want to pick somebody out, but I don't put that on a young player. I also don't right. put it on Steve Kerr. Like that's just the reality of the NBA at the level that the Warriors are playing. It's yeah. hard. It is hard. All right, let's keep moving. I like that one. Our guy, Archie. Hey, what's up guys. It's Archie. It's been a while. Um, I was able to listen to both parts of the pod. Thought it was a really great send off for Bob that died. Um, you know, uh, we've been lucky as an organization to have him. Um, I think when we, when I think about stability, 
a lot of it should be accredited to how, you know, he made decisions that he needed to make, you know, as the GM and president, but also how he was able to manage egos with a lot of the things that kind of went on, you know, throughout the entire run while he was there. Uh, favorite moment is always going to be uh, the moment that he had up in the Hamptons when he told, you know, KD, hey, could win one or two without you, you know, but with you, we can win, you know, many titles. And the Stones to say something like that to, if not the greatest scorer, one of the greatest scorers ever to play the game, uh, it, there's not that many people that can do that. Him having that agent background, I think he was able to be something that most GMs cannot be. You know, we we have other fan bases, you know, laughing that, you know, Bob is gone. You don't get to see that very often. It kind of shows you the impact that Bob has had on the league and the NBA as a whole. Um, sucks to lose him. You know, I'm excited for the future, but it was great to, to know that he's as much as a legend in an executive field as, you know, Steph or Clay or Dre were, were on the court. Well, yeah. I appreciate the call, Archie. I, you're always welcome to call in. Um, I haven't I haven't talked with you about it. It's been a week. How are you feeling about good? It's weird. Isn't I'm glad. It? Well, I'm glad that this didn't that this didn't go down. Um, who was the guy with the last name? Kraus. Yeah. That was a disaster by the end. Sure. And not, I mean, he not, obviously Bob, different personalities. Bob style, yeah, right. Different different personalities. I'm not, but if this is what Bob wanted to do, and he's going to ride off, and we get to talk about how awesome it was when Bob Myers was with the Warriors and all the great stuff he did, I think I think Archie made a great point that he's there with Steph and Clay and Draymond, and they are going to just be linked forever, right? Just in NBA history, that's just how it's going to be. The only way that doesn't happen is if he sticks around when he doesn't want to be, and now he's butting heads with Lakeub, and that's trickling down to the players, and now the Warriors are a mess with Bob Myers at the front of it, in the, in the front office. Then I think that fractures a little bit. But now that doesn't get to happen. He clearly wanted to be done, and the Warriors tried to bring him back multiple times, and it sounds like Lakeup's going to keep trying. And he gets to ride off into the sunset and do what he wants to do, I want another, nothing he's got another from 25. He's got another 25 days under contract. That's a good point. So once Bob Myers contract is up in 25 days, <laughs> he gets to ride off into the sunset. And I love that for him because there's nothing. What, how selfish would I be if I'm like, God damn it, Bob should have come back. Like he's the, the warriors are never going to have a stretch better than the one they just had. And he was one of the architects of it. It's um, I don't, I don't think it's fully hit me. If I'm gonna be honest with you, like I, I conceptually understand, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in in 25 days, uh, he's probably gonna go to Cabo for a month and a half, and you know, live his best life and you know, do whatever he wants, um, and he's gonna move on. But it's it's weird. I haven't fully accepted the fact that you know, on July 7th when they start summer league or something like that, it's going to be someone new sitting up there, you know, telling us about how their draft picks speak six languages or, <laughs> or something like, right. you know what I'm saying? Like it's uh, uh, because it, it, it's such a, um, it's a cordial, like I'm just stepping down type of situation. Mm-hmm. 
and 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 I think that's good. Like it doesn't need to be contentious, but like it's just what it's he's weird. The first, right? He's the first one to go. Yeah, Andre Godala hasn't even retired yet. No, uh, and I and and I. I, I hope he does. To be honest, I can't do another year of him saying he's ramping up, playing one game, and then breaking something because he's eighty. It's really you know? tough. It's really <laughs> tough. I mean, I love him to death. I have his jersey, but man, also like easily the best dressed uh, street clothes oh, yeah. in the NBA. You know, just it's it, you know, so can't argue with that. But you know, it's it's gonna be weird. Without him, I, is, I don't know. It is. It is. It's going to be a little strange. I'm. I'm fascinated to see what happens the first time. Like the introductory presser for the new GM will be weird, and like you said, when they introduce a draft pick or a free agent signing or whatever, it's going to. It's be a really when they. It's, it's really like when they hit turmoil. Like that's that's kind of the first like, time Draymond flies off the handle during a game. Yeah. And Bob Myers can't walk down to the bench and talk him down. What does that look like? Yeah. Is is Mike Dunleavy there? You know. I don't know. It's it's uh it is uh it is a thing that I don't know that I've properly conceptualized. I don't think you'll be able to, I don't think you'll be able to until stuff actually happens. And you can start downloading and digesting that stuff sans Bob. That's true. That's true. I mean that's kind of where we're at. All right. Last call tonight. Yeah, so, like, my question is, like, what is, like, y'all's expectation for, like, the next season well, and, like, this offseason? Like, what do you guys, like, want to actually see? So, like, like I'm hearing, like, pool trade, but, like, like what is, like, like, a, like a realistic pool trade that's not us, like, losing value on, like, Jordan Poole? Okay. I got, I got the sense of the question there. Um... So, like, how are you feeling? Like, what do you want to see this offseason to feel positive about the Warriors next season? Let's just leave it right there. Let's let's simplify the question. God. Man. I, ge- I genuinely have no... Outside of sign better veterans, I guess. <laughs> because I don't know. I, I Again, this comes down... This comes down to so much about personality versus on-court production. Mm-hmm. So... I could see them like quote unquote on paper getting worse by trading Jordan Poole. Sure. Because I think I, I think that multiple caller was right. 40 point games last year. Like he's very talented. Yeah. And I don't to that caller's point, I don't know where his standing is in the league. So I don't know if a trade for him is going to be a protected top 15 first round pick and some salary filler. And what does that look like? Does it make Golden State better? So that's what's that's what's so tough for me, is I don't know where what they can do trade wise, because of where Jonathan Kaminga and, and Jordan Poole are as assets, and and Moses Moody too. I don't know where they are as as assets in the trade market. That I could be confident that the Warriors are getting a equal or better value in return. So it's really hard to envision how I'd feel great about them going into next year. I kind of, I kind of agree with you in the sense of um, people love to crown winners on paper because of like the asset haul they got in a trade. Oh, it's so many picks they got, like that sort of thing. It's like, right. it, it's not nothing, but 
a 2027 pick doesn't do anything for me right now. Yeah. You know, like it's just something that like in three years, four years, I'll think about. Yeah. Um, I guess the way I'd measure success is feeling like they're tangibly in going into this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've made some moves that make sense from a, a winning in the present moment. Yes. But I, don't, I, I just don't know that it can really be measured. It, it, like, I just don't see a, I don't see them trading for someone huge, you know? No, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you, but if they wind up adding some really good role players and they make a trade where, okay, they got quote unquote worse on paper, but you see where, okay, they have some better front court depth now and you can kind of see the pieces of the roster coming together, then, then great. We'll, we'll see how it looks in March, but honestly, step one is just Draymond coming back. Yes. That's how if, he that, that's, doesn't, if he doesn't, I don't, I have nothing for you. I think that's the other part of it. If I, if they extend Draymond and clay, or we just know what the direction is there, that'll probably do more for my stability yeah. factor. Like who, they could trade Draymond. They could trade Draymond for a different type of player. Is there, is there, is there a world where they trade Draymond and you feel better about yeah. the team? Yeah, it's a very unlikely world, but um, <laughs> like there's scenarios where they trade Draymond Pool and Kuminga and like everything compiles to get you something better. Do okay. I think that's do I think that's reality? No, but <laughs> I do think it's possible. Sure. Um, I kind of feel like I, I my my personal perspective is uh, everyone but 30s on the table. And then, of course, um my level of what they're worth to me changes depending on who it is. So, yeah. Yeah. I I think I'm, I think I'm right there with you. If it's, if it's Draymond and Kaminga and pool to get like just Pascal Siakam, I'm out. That doesn't make me feel better. Ooh, I've, I've, I might be into that, but, (laughs) but. And I like Pascal Siakam a lot. But, but that's yeah. that's one of those moves that okay that on top of what else are they going to be able to do and does True. that make them yeah, that's better? that's a, that's a good point like what else are you doing on top of that is, are you just getting them and Anthony Lamb getting forty minutes a game Oof. like yes that's that's not it. we know that's com- what you want well no comment um, <laughs> we're gonna do everything in my power to clear minutes for Patrick Baldwin Jr. Um, and he's still you know anyway. Uh, whatever was, it, it feels like it feels like Patrick Baldwin Jr. is of all the players who are under like 22 or whatever it feels like he's the one that could tangibly have a real role next year I mean I would think it'd be Moses Moody but yeah I mean oh, yeah, I Bald- guess, in my brain Moses Moody is like 28 I that's, that's he's fa- 20 that's fair that's fair <laughs> and a 21 now birthday this week oh shut they, threw, they threw it on the Warriors uh social feed um sorry I, I'm not a sicko enough to know his birthday by heart uh mm. <laughs> but um some fan but i do agree with you on uh on baldwin like i see it i see it so yeah. well i, I should have there. said the players who didn't have a role this year so having one next year so you think he has a better chance than ryan rollins what a hot take yeah i'm there i think i'm there <laughs> right now kyle i appreciate you bud yeah yeah anytime man happy to do it john fisher saw the ace
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.